Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Mike with the Aliante Community Baptist Church. We invite you, your family, and friends to join us as we study God's Word. So, let's begin. I'd like you to turn in your Bibles this morning to the book of Genesis as we continue our study in various heroes of the faith. And I'd like to ask you a question. Do you believe that, uh, that the Lord might have uh, uh, a romantic heart? Today we're looking at the longest, the longest chapter in the book of Genesis, chapter 24. And it is a beautiful, beautiful story that the Lord brought about in the life of Isaac, the son of Abraham. 
But there's so much in this particular chapter. It'll probably take a couple, maybe three weeks to really get through all of it. So don't be alarmed if we only get through the first, uh, you know, the first point in this, in this message today. And there's a tendency when we, when we read the Bible, when we study, we, we have a tendency to look just at the surface meanings, but there's so much more that is included in this particular story. And when you look at it from a, a heavenly perspective, it really is a, a foreshadow or picture of God's design. We mentioned before that Abraham in the Old Testament is what we refer to as a type of the Father. That is God the Father. And that Isaac as the promised son. And you'll recall that Abraham was a hundred years old right, when Isaac was born. And that Isaac is a is a type of, of Christ and and last week we looked at where God told Abraham to take this one and only son whom he loved and to sacrifice him. Very interesting that God says your only son. And Isaac was a son of promise and, and how that Isaac obediently submitted to his father's will. Like the Lord Jesus submitting to his father's will and going to the cross. And then when Isaac asked Abraham, he said, well, now father, the wood and the fire is here, but where is, where is the lamb? And Abraham replied, God will provide himself a lamb. Amen. And Jesus, of course, is referred to as the Lamb of God, slain before the foundation of the world. And we see that pictured in the life of, of Isaac. And then what is so interesting as we, as we look here, and I want you to, to think about this, is that Abraham has now become old. As a matter of fact, he's about 140 years old. So that makes Isaac about 40. And in chapter 23, Sarah has passed away and gone to be with the Lord in heaven. And she was about 127 years old when she passed away. And Abraham, as we'll read here in a moment, realizes that it's about time that Isaac gets married. And so he, he enlists his servant to go and find a bride for his blessed son. And you see that servant, that servant of Abraham is a type of the Holy Spirit who even today, is calling people to be part of the bride for the promised Son of God. You see, there's so much in this story. 
And so it's a long chapter. It's got 67 verses. <laughs> but to do it justice, we need to read the whole story. All right? And so we're going to begin at verse 1. And so that I don't get my lines mixed up, I'll put on my specs here. <laughs> Beginning at verse 1 in chapter 24. Now Abraham was old, well advanced in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. So Abraham said to the oldest servant of his house, who ruled over all that he had, Please put your hand under my thigh, and I will make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven, and the God of the earth, that you will not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites, among whom I dwell. But you shall go to my country and to my family, and take a wife for my son Isaac. And the servant said to him, Perhaps the woman will not be willing to follow me to this land. Must I take your son back to the land from which you came? But Abraham said to him, Beware that you do not take my son back there. The Lord God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and from the land of my family, and who spoke to me and swore to me, saying, To your descendants I give this land, he will send his angel before you, and you shall take a wife for my son from there. And if the woman is not willing to follow you, then you will be released from this oath. Only do not take my son back there. So the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham his master and swore to him concerning this matter. <coughs> then the servant took ten of his master's camels and departed, for all his master's goods were in his hand. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia, to the city of Nahor. That's up in uh, northwest of Syria, north of Israel, about 450 miles, okay? And he made his camels kneel down outside the city by a well of water at evening time, the time when women go out to draw water. Then he said, O oh Lord God of my master Abraham, please give me success this day and show kindness to my master Abraham. Behold, here I stand by the well of water and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. Now let it be that the young woman to whom I say, please let down your pitcher that I may drink, and she says, Drink, and I will also give your camel to drink. Let her be the one you have appointed for your servant Isaac. And by this I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. And it happened before he had finished speaking that, behold, Rebekah, who was born to Bethuel, son of Milcah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, came out with her pitcher on her shoulder. Now the young woman was very beautiful to behold a virgin. No man had known her. And she went down to the well, filled her pitcher, and came up. And the servant ran to meet her and said, Please, let me drink a little water from your pitcher. So she said, Drink, my lord. Then she quickly let her pitcher down to her hand and gave him a drink. And when she had finished giving him a drink, she said, I will draw water for your camels also until they have finished drinking. Then she quickly emptied her pitcher into the trough, ran back to the well to draw water, and drew for all his camels. And the man, wondering at her, remained silent so as to know whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. So it was, when the camels had finished drinking, that the man took a golden nose ring weighing half a shekel, that's about a fifth of an ounce, 
and two bracelets for her wrists weighing 10 shekels of gold, that's about four ounces of gold, and said, whose daughter are you? Tell me, please, is there room in your father's house for us to lodge? So she said to him, I am the daughter of Bethuel, Milcah's son, whom she bore to Nahor. Moreover, she said to him, we have both straw and feed enough and room to lodge. Then the man bowed down his head and worshiped the Lord. And he said, blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who has not forsaken his mercy and his truth toward my master. As for me, being on the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. So the young woman ran and told her mother's household these things. Now Rebekah had a brother whose name was Laban. And Laban ran out, to me, ran out to the man by the well. So it came to pass, when he saw the nose ring and the bracelets on his sister's wrists, and when he heard the words of his sister Rebekah saying, Thus the man spoke to me, that he went to the man, and there he stood by the camels at the well. And he said, Come in, O blessed of the Lord. Why do you stand outside? For I have prepared the house and a place for the camels. Then the man came to the house, and he unloaded the camels, and provided straw and feed for the camels, and water to wash his feet, and the feet of the men who were with him. Food was set before him to eat, but he said, I will not eat until I have told about my errand. And he said, Speak on. So he said, I am Abraham's servant. The Lord has blessed my master greatly, and he has become great. And he has given me flocks and herds, silver, excuse me, he has given him flocks and herds, silver and gold, male and female servants, and camels and donkeys. And Sarah, my master's wife, bore a son to my master when she was old, and to him he has given all that he has. Now my master made me swear, saying, You shall not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites, in whose land I dwell, but you shall go to my father's house, and to my family, and take a wife for my son. And I said to my master, Perhaps the woman will not follow me. But he said to me, The Lord before whom I walk will send his angel with you, and prosper your way. And you shall take a wife for my son from my family, and from my father's house. You will be clear from this oath when you arrive among my family, for if they will not give her to you, then you will be released from my oath. And this day I came to the well and said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, if you will now prosper the way in which I go, behold, I stand by the well of water, and it shall come to pass that when the virgin comes out to draw water, and I say to her, Please give me a little water from your pitcher to drink, and she says to me, Drink, and I will draw for your camels also. Let her be the woman whom the Lord has appointed for my master's son. But before I had finished speaking in my heart, there was Rebekah coming out with her pitcher on her shoulder. And she went down to the well and drew water. And I said to her, Please let me drink. And she made haste and let her pitcher down from her shoulder and said, Drink, and I will give your camels a drink also. So I drank, and she gave the camels a drink also. Then I asked her and said, Whose daughter are you? And she said, The daughter of Bethuel, Nahor's son, whom Milcah bore to him. So I put the nose ring on her nose and the bracelets on her wrists, and I bowed my head and worshipped the Lord and blessed the Lord God of my master Abraham, who had led me in the way of truth to take the daughter of my master's brother for his son. Now if you will deal kindly and truly with my master, tell me, and if not, tell me that I may turn to the right hand or to the left. Then Laban and Bethuel answered and said, 
The thing comes from the Lord. We cannot speak to you either bad or good. Here is Rebecca before you. Take her and go, and let her be your master's son's wife, as the Lord has spoken. And it came to pass, when Abraham's servant heard their words, that he worshipped the Lord, bowing himself to the earth. Then the servant brought out jewelry of silver, jewelry of gold, and clothing, and gave them to Rebekah. He also gave precious things to her brother and to her mother. And he and the men who were with him ate and drank and stayed all night. Then they arose in the morning, and he said, Send me away to my master. But her brother and her mother said, Let the young woman stay with us a few days, at least ten. After that she may go. And he said to them, Do not hinder me. Since the Lord has prospered my way, send me away so that I may go to my master. So they said, We will call the young woman and ask her personally. Then they called Rebekah and said to her, Will you go with this man? And she said, I will go. So they sent away Rebekah their sister and her nurse, and Abraham's servant and his men. And they blessed Rebekah and said to her, Our sister, may you become the mother of thousands, of ten thousands, and may your descendants possess the gates of those who hate them. Then Rebekah and her maids arose, and they rode on the camels and followed the man. So the servant took Rebekah and departed. Now Isaac came from the way of Beer Lahaith Roy, for he dwelt in the south. And Isaac went out to meditate in the field in the evening. And he lifted his eyes and looked, and there the camels were coming. Then Rebekah lifted her eyes, and when she saw Isaac, she dismounted from her camel, for she had said to the servant, Who is this man walking in the field to meet us? The servant said, It is my master. So she took a veil and covered herself. And the servant told Isaac all the things that he had done. And Isaac brought her into his mother Sarah's tent, and he took Rebekah, and she became his wife, and he loved her. So Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. Okay. So let's turn back now and look at the story here in more detail. But first, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Father in God, as we study your holy word, we pray that you be our teacher through God the Holy Spirit. Enable us to understand. Enable us, Lord, in our understanding, to see the whole picture, to see the significance and to recognize your hand as all of these events were orchestrated by you. Help us, O Lord, to be willing to allow our lives and the events of our lives to be orchestrated by you, that we may yield to your spirit that we might bring honor and glory to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So God blessed Isaac with a bride. Now, Abraham sent his servant on a mission. And over in uh, the 15th chapter, the second verse, Eleazar is named as Abraham's most trusted servant. Although in this particular passage his name is not given. 
So we, we can't say with any certainty that it's actually Eleazar that is the servant. But oftentimes in the scripture, when an individual is unnamed, it's because that individual is serving as a type of God, the Holy Spirit, working in the lives of the people within the story. And you see, the ministry of God, the Holy Spirit, and you read that in the Gospel of John, his ministry is to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. Very rarely does he speak of himself because his ministry is to glorify Christ and to, to fulfill God the Father's will as he brings honor to the Lord Jesus Christ. And you see, the servant here is doing Abraham's will, the Father's will, on behalf of the promised son to find that special bride. So Abraham sends him on a mission. Now, we read here that Abraham is 140 years old. And so it's been said that the, the Jewish folks of ancient time referred to the age of 60 to 70 as the commencement or the beginning of old age. From 70 to 80, it's the gray-headed state of old age. <laughs> and at 80 plus, a person is well stricken in years. And so I think we have many who are well stricken in years. <laughs> All right. So what was the mission? The mission, of course, was to, to find a bride. To find a bride. And not just any bride. Now, you know, the, the woke crowd, they'd read this and they'd say, well, was Abraham prejudiced? You know, was he a, was he a racist? Because he didn't want his wife uh, for his son to be selected from the Canaanites? See, they were a different group of people. No, that didn't have anything to do with it. If you know anything at all about the Canaanites, you know that they were an immoral people. Immoral. Absolutely, absolutely surrendered to filthy immorality. He would not have his son risk marrying a woman who was a completely immoral woman. You know, I was thinking this the other day. You're all this complaining about, you know, the U.S. and how bad it is in the U.S. And I recall, and I've mentioned this before, talking to a class over at the university. Someone said something about a single mom, you know, who had six kids. And the truth was is that she, the, she was a single mom. She had six kids from six different men. And the government rewarding her with all of those, you know, government uh, checks, all that assistance. And they asked me, they said, well, what is she supposed to do? And you know, I've mentioned this once before to you. I've said, well, she's supposed to keep her legs closed. That's what she's supposed to do. <laughs> you say, and, and that's too harsh for people. But the fact is, is that immorality is rewarded in America. 
immorality and irresponsibility and dishonesty. Do you know that there are people now who are given more money to stay home by the government than people who actually work and have to pay for all of that? Free medical care, free phone, free everything else. And yet it's not enough. Abraham said, don't take a wife from these people. You go to my father's family. Because his father's family knew the Lord. And so where was he sent? Mesopotamia. And I said that's northern, uh, north of, uh, of Israel into Syria. Into the land, a city called Nahor after Abraham's brother. So he was, he was a, a pretty popular individual. Haran, you know it as Haran, north of, of, uh, of Israel. Now to whom was he sent? He went to Abraham's people. His family, fellow believers. Now over in the New Testament, we are told that believers are not to marry unbelievers. We're commanded, that's a command. So one writer puts it this way, he says, uh, <coughs> I guess he was visiting over in the Middle East in a poor area of town, and this, this poor guy had a camel and a little bitty donkey hooked up to a yoke pulling a wagon. He said, and as he looked at that, he felt so sorry for the donkey. Okay? <laughs> because, you know, a camel is a large animal. That donkey's rather small. And so that, that yoke rubbing on the donkey's neck, and can you imagine the discomfort? Well, you see, when an unbeliever and a believer get married, there's no wonder why there's friction. There's enough friction among believers, let alone an unbeliever and a believer, right? But then when it comes to the kids, and how are the kids going to be raised, and what are they going to believe, etc., you know that. But God commands, we're not to marry unbelievers. The person says, well, but I'm already married to one. Pray that they become a believer. That they come to know Christ as their Lord and Savior. Now, why was he sent? He said, well, he was sent to get a bride. No, the why behind it is Sarah passed away. She's gone home to be with the Lord in heaven. And Abraham is old. He's 140. He realizes that his time on earth is coming to an end. And Isaac is the one who will inherit all that God has blessed him with. And through Isaac, the promise of God and the covenant of God continues. And so Isaac needs a bride. And so he sends possibly Eliezer on this mission. So the servant departs. Now notice they enter into this, this agreement. And back in those days, they put the hand under uh, the thigh. And basically what that was saying was, if the servant did not keep his word and do exactly as his master had bidden him, then he would be held accountable 
by all of his master's descendants. And he might pay for that even with his life. So the servant agrees. And notice, it's really interesting here. Notice that God is the one who orchestrates all of this. And God the Holy Spirit working in the lives of believers. But he uses the natural order of things as he works through and the servant asks a reasonable question. He says, well, well what, if, you know, what if the lady doesn't want to come? And Abraham says, well, if she doesn't want to come, then you're released from, from this oath. No forcing. You notice that? There's no forcing. You cannot force someone to accept Jesus as Savior. You can't force now, a lot of parents try to force their kids to serve the Lord. Now, when they're real little, we bear the responsibility to teach them. But as they get older, especially once they've left home, they have to make the decisions for themselves. But God will not force anyone. Now, he may, you know cause a great storm and have people throw you in the ocean and have a whale swallow you, okay? And make you willing to be willing to follow him. <laughs> but notice that the servant, he followed orders, he, he obeyed. And I see that we're just about out of time. And so, we're going to have to leave it there. But let's read these two points here. Notice that he, he followed his master's orders, so he was obedient. And God's children need to be obedient. But he also prayed for God's help. He prayed. He himself was a believer. How could you, how could you live in the house of Abraham and not be a believer? When you see all of the things that God did with and through and for Abraham. And then he made specific requests. He, he was very specific in his prayer. He made his needs known. Now, we're going to stop right there. We're going to sing a hymn of invitation. But you have needs. And you know that God wants to meet your needs according to his will and purpose for your life. And if you want to hear the rest of the story and how all this goes, you'll have to come back next week. <laughs> but you're here today, and today, the scripture says, is the day of salvation. In other words, don't hesitate. Obediently surrender your life to the Lord. So let's stand, please. We're going to sing, I need thee every hour. And as we sing, you come forward. You give your heart to the Lord. You surrender your life to him. Follow him in believer's baptism as we sing.
We pray that you have been blessed by today's lessons from God's Word. And we invite you to contact us with any questions that you may have, especially questions regarding your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to help you with your walk of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and with your understanding of His Holy Word, the Bible. Our contact information is listed in the podcast show notes. May God richly bless you.